0: Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented
1: as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey
0: everybody, we are back this week with another Weekly Jump, and this week we are covering some, uh, some things. Stuff. (laughs) First and foremost, we are going to just go ahead and jump into our page flips, which is one that I was hoping to never have to have read, which is...
1: (laughs) The other ones are still on the list,
0: so, you know, get ready. Uh, It's Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Now, if you were wondering... Okay, the original Yu-Gi-Oh manga is actually pretty decent until you get a little bit further into it. Well, this is way further into it, far enough <laughs> into it to where now the anime or the manga and the anime are exclusively about the card game in a ploy to sell people more cards and every season seems to just be about the new most recent set they're about to release of the card game. And man, oh man, this one is stupid. It's just. <laughs> motorcycles plus card games equals manga.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I have a really complicated relationship with Yu Gi Oh! because I, I started watching it, you know, when I was a kid, as soon as it premiered in, in America, the cartoon. And then I bought the cards as soon as they were available. Like literally my dad picked me up. It was like the last day of school of like seventh grade or something. And my dad picked me up because it was a half day and we went straight to the card shop and bought like the Kaiba and Yugi starter decks. And I played for years. I stopped playing in college when I switched to magic and decided that uh, I could not sustain both and that magic was a much better game Uh, Which is an opinion I hold to this day. Uh, Although I do have the Switch version of Yu-Gi-Oh! for nostalgia's sake. But uh, I don't know. I I have a fondness for the game. And I have a fondness for the series that comes largely from how fucking absurd it is. Because like, you know, again, like, so what Spencer alluded to is that the manga for Yu-Gi-Oh! If you don't know, the original manga by Kazuki Takashi was just a game manga it wasn't about card games it was just random games and the pharaoh spirit from the millennium puzzle was just a master of games and so he was he he could master any game either he was already a master of it or he would pick it up so quickly that he could master it by the end of the match and there were also things that were like mm, not real games, but sort of like gamified contests. Like it, it was just a manga about this character solving problems by interacting with games. And, uh, you know, it was actually relatively interesting because it was kind of like, well, what are we going to do this week? It was also pretty dark. Like he burns a guy alive at one point as a consequence for losing a game against him. Uh, so so that happens before the anime picks up. <laughs> but uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, because the card game what he did a he did a chapter about a card game that's actually loosely based on magic the gathering because kazuki takashi was a fan of magic the gathering and then people went fucking apeshit and they wanted to know where they could buy these cards and they realized that they had a cash cow on their hands which they were super correct about and uh they decided to retool the entire series and take the plot that kazuki takashi was going to write and uh shift it Entirely to focus in and around the card game, and then you know make a real life card game to go with it. And as I said, it was a good bet if what you were trying to do was be successful, because the card game in general, when you talk about trading card games, there's a big three, and they are Magic, Pokemon, and Yu-Gi-Oh. And uh, Yu-Gi-Oh has been in that position pretty much since it came out. It's been a big hit, and it hasn't it hasn't stopped being a big hit. So. That's cool but the the fact of pushing a like high stakes anime about playing games maybe already a little bit of a tenuous connection into the realm of now it's a high stakes uh you know your your life or your soul is on the line and we're playing with trading cards is <laughs> weird because it's like there's this there's this crazy disconnect between the severity of the consequences and the intensity of like what the the characters are trying to accomplish usually the the villain characters versus the fact that then they are all basically sitting down to play cards with each other for a little while and in in Yu-Gi-Oh 5D's which is the second spin-off so initially after the ri- original series there was Yu-Gi-Oh GX which was just I think set in the regular universe but but time skipped forward this one is either not set in that universe or is so time skipped forward that it's relatively irrelevant. And uh it's cool because it's like post-apocalyptic grunge. It's kind of Blade Runnery in the setting, though very much not in the tone or implementation. But it's that yeah. kind of, I don't know, Battle Angel Alita. It's everything is is sort of broken down because the future has been happening for so long that now everything just sucks. And they the main characters live in the slums and they play this card game and they play it by riding motorcycles. And mm-hmm. that's where the absurdity of Yu-Gi-Oh! really just intrudes itself because you're like, this was already some whack ass nonsense that Mm -hmm. I was bending over backwards to go there with you. And now you're also playing this card game while riding a motorcycle around an abandoned factory. It's truly ridiculous.
0: And then there's just going to be somebody that rides up and he's a skeleton monster on a horse and he's like, He's like, I am a monster, and he's like, oh no, and then he's just like, let's play cards, and he's just uh, like, what?
1: He's like, and a like, real spirit legend that just has a deck of cards, yeah, and, and the also cards don't the, cheat. He's playing by yeah, the same rules,
0: yeah, and also he has this big giant uh, card playing mechanism that is attached to his arm that they all have that they can play on while they're running around. That I assume has like big big clamps at the end to catch your cards so that it doesn't fly off when you're running around. I don't know if you've ever played cards before, <laughs> but one of the the chief chief monsters that you have to deal with at all times when playing cards outside is a single gust of wind. Yeah, Now, whole if game's you, done. Now, if you were on a motorcycle, you were surrounded by a literal wind tunnel... <laughs> So I don't understand how they are not just completely losing their decks of cards at all with,
1: times. More important, it's, why are they doing this? It's I not, don't know. I read It's the, not explained. I read the first three chapters. I'm assuming you read that much too. Yeah. And then I remember when 5Ds was relatively new way back like 10 years ago, I watched a few episodes of the the anime too. Uh, and I don't remember anything from that except being like, "Oh, that's cool." They're they're sort of like riding on motorcycles. That's fun, um, but like it makes no sense. Like they they keep being like, "These are you know dual runners uh, that we're gonna we're gonna race each other, and we're gonna play this card game in the middle of the race." And all of these characters keep making comments about like who's who's ahead of whichever one or like, Oh no, he fell back and the other person passed them, but not one time. Does anybody explain the consequences for not being in first? Like if you don't finish the duel before the race is over, does the person who finished the race automatically win? If so, are there consequences for slow play? Yeah. Is there... It's ridiculous. Is it's, the it's, at one point they're like there there's sense and they keep using mm-hmm. this word so it's like some sort of you know amorphous energy system and this is not new to the Yu Gi Oh world Yu Gi Oh you know will have a sort of like uh, ill defined power system that seems to creep into the card games and indicate that some people are better at it than others and it it's stupid always but here they seem to be trying to codify it in relation to how either how well you're doing or how fast you're going because at one point somebody points out that the main character has sped up he must be trying to gather more sense and then they they talk about sense in the context of like being hit by attacks because these holograms will hurt you and they're like oh he, his he he might be out of sense and they it seems to be indicating that they can't play cards so it seems mm-hmm. like there's some sort of energy system that allows them to play cards based on the fact that they're racing but they also have laid out specific race rules that i'm not sure how those play into the duel cuz they seem entirely independent and like there's one point where he's like oh the the skeleton man on his horse jumped up there oh no and then they're like I don't know. Nothing came of it. Like I don't know why yeah. he went up there except because he felt like going higher. So
0: yeah, it's th- it's definitely it's definitely just it's it's Yu Gi Oh where Yu Gi Oh is already ridiculous. It really pushes it to eleven and then jumps a shark while pushing it to twelve. Yeah, it's just a ridiculous version of Yu Gi Oh that is pushed even further to extremes. I do not think that it is something that somebody that is not a massive Yu-Gi-Oh! fan is going to enjoy, number one. Even if you're somebody that's like super into motorcycles, I don't think you're going to get into it. Yeah, the motorcycles are incidental. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really all about, if you're into the card game and you're like, give me anything with the card game, I guess you're going to like it. If you're not into those things, I definitely think that it's a skip. I uh. I, I didn't think it was worth it.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Big anim- uh, big fans of the franchise itself will probably enjoy this. Um, uh, I, I think it's silly to the point of like, I might have hurt myself a little bit rolling my eyes while reading it. Uh, I will read all of it and watch all of the anime, and I'm looking very much forward to that. Uh, and I'm going to hate every second of it. And if you're like me, <laughs> you might do that too. Uh, but other than that, you should skip this.
0: Yeah. All right. Before we get into our screen time for the week, we first need to remind people that we are <laughs> doing a giveaway still. Um, a, the keyword for the giveaway is eating people is cool. And it's the Tokyo Ghoul art book. Um, I have Dude, not had anybody submit yet. Dude, we should done eating people is ghoul. Cool. Ugh. Uh, I hate us. You can send either one of those things to me and we'll take it. <laughs> um so, our screen time for the week is going to be another suggestion. This one is from Wolf's Lore, and it is called Skeet Dance, or S-K-E-T-Dance. is not dance. called
1: Skeet Dance. Don't ever say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's called so, Sket Dance, S-K-E-T Dance. No, it's which Skeet is Dance. It's an acronym for something kindness Uh, Okay. here we go
0: so what it is is support kindness encouragement and troubleshoot yeah Um, i remember it it because i hated it it's it's so i did not hate it as much as i knew you would as soon as i started reading it and you know Um, why i hate it right i mean sure it's it's support
1: is something you can give to someone kindness what was the e encouragement
0: encouragement
1: You can give support. You can give kindness. You can give encouragement. You cannot give troubleshoot. (laughs) (laughs) The words don't go together. This is not unique. This is not like unique to this anime or to Japanese acronyms. You see it in america too and it drives me nuts every time if you can have an acronym that's trying to be like these are the words that are about us they need to all function in the same way you could like change them out in a sentence and they would all work and this one doesn't and it drives me nuts yeah okay so
0: this uh this anime is it's Pretty interesting. Uh, it's a slice of life for sure. It's about three kids that are part of this campus support club, and then the new person that is going to be joining them. I guess kind of, but not really. Yeah, it's it's really all about how they they run around and they help people in different fun ways, and uh, yeah. they are they're the different anime kids that are are I guess the ones that you need to care about inside of the story. There is definitely a case inside of this anime of there are three characters that are drawn as if they are main characters and then there's everybody
1: else. And you can say like, there's really pick up on them drawn as if he's a main character and then there's everybody else. I oh thought, no
0: way, man. There's I, there's their friend. That's always talking through the computer. Um, I and thought their, their
1: character design was so bland and boring. <laughs>
0: And then there's the girl who never ties her tie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like they're not, they just like, if those characters, if the two, so there's three people in this club. So the sket dance club, it's basically the odd jobs club. Mm -hmm. And they, this is yet another anime that we have found ourselves watching of an after school club whose purpose is ambiguous and is basically just characters hanging out so that they can get into wacky comedy bits. And this is that. It's got the main character who is a Digimon protagonist who literally looks like uh, Shoutmon, <laughs> and or no, so yeah. he looks like uh, he looks like the Applemon character. I don't know the name of it, but that one. And he's wearing the goggles that all of the main protagonists from Digimon wear. He's Digimon protagonist. I don't know how he found his way into this world, and he doesn't mention yeah. it, so he's hiding something. Then yeah. there's the anytime you don't see him on screen, he's in the Digiverse. Uh, the Digiverse, God, I hate you so much. So then there's the computer guy who has maybe my I'm favorite sorry,
0: gimmick. I'm sorry. I meant to say the digital world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's the the other guy in the club has maybe my favorite gimmick, which is that he always has his laptop with him and he only speaks through his laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of, kind of fun. And then there's the girl who's, um, she's like the sort of street tough character. She's loud. She's, Argumentative. She's aggressive. She's, she's sort of always unkempt. carried
0: around a, a, a yard hockey stick. Yeah. Where she which I didn't know that's just...
1: how those were shaped. So I learned something.
0: Yeah. She, she, uh, she's very violent. She <laughs> is.
1: And I guess she used to be like a terror of the streets. Cause she, her name is like known and feared. I don't, I don't know. A I terror such... of the streets. Yeah. <laughs> I had such mixed feelings about this because we watched Nietzsche Joe last week, and Nichi Joe is the same. It's the exact same show. It is after school friends fucking around and getting into funny scenarios. And I really, really didn't enjoy it. And Sket Dance, I found relatively watchable. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. Watching it. I did. I was looking forward to when the third episode was done and I could justify no longer watching it. Like, mm. I didn't enjoy it enough that I was looking forward to not having to watch it anymore before the first episode was over. It's just it, uh, y- anybody who's listened to the show before, you know, this is not my thing. This was another version of Not My Thing that was not my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've had like one version of Not My Thing that really hit for me. So it's just not, you know, it's not going to happen very often but like, I think that this one worked for me way better than Nichijou. And also I think that Nichijou is a much better show. So I don't know how to square that circle, but that's kind of where I'm feeling because I don't know, this just felt like it felt a lot like Joe, You said a couple times, it's like cartoon logic and it's very mm-hmm. fast paced and big and manic. And I think there's a is lot of sort of, of things...
0: cartoon logic, but more so it's like a, a, getting closer to a slice of life and also playing around with just how Japanese high schoolers are different in different ways and you have to connect with them in kind of get over the anime logic in order to get down to where they are real human beings. I think that's one of the things that really kind of pushes against where we watch most anime. So most anime for us that is slice of life rides along with either it is so dramatic that it is hard to connect with because it feels like it is a soap opera and so silly that it feels like a cartoon and when you ride both of those lines at the same time uh, it's it's, it can get to the point where it is something you can connect with, or if yeah. it is done in a really beautiful way to, that makes you connect with reality. Uh, I think the best example of writing a cartoon logic, but also keeping it realistic, um, is keep your hands off of Izukin." Yeah, or I knew you go there. <laughs> And the big reason why that works so well is because the characters are very real. They are, in in a lot of senses, anime characters, not just because they are actually anime characters, but also because they are a little bit bigger than normal life. They do things that are a little bit bigger than life. However, they still have a tied-down sense of reality that keeps them grounded and connects them to the world that you're in a good example of something like this would be something like uh parks and recreation where you have characters that are they could be real and they are endearing because they could be real but at the same time they do things that normal people probably wouldn't do and it's it's not to the sense where something like The Office, where The Office, these are real people that they do things that real people would do and they don't have any of that cartoon logic. They're just those ridiculous people that are in real life. Those kind of are are like the two different sides of that, that sort of, I, I don't know. I think it's like a humor uncanny valley that you have to walk along. Oh,
1: yeah, and that's a cool way of putting it.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think that this show sort of falls, it doesn't, it doesn't touch the parks and recreation. It sort of falls a little bit too close to the cartoon reality of it. um, Mm -hmm. Because they do a lot of things that I wouldn't suspect that normal high school kids would do too often. And because of Mm -hmm. that, it is a little bit too silly for me. However, I did find all of the characters endearing in different ways. And because of that, it is a show that I think I, I could enjoy watching if I was forced to watch again. However, it is not one of those shows that I would actively go seek to watch it, even if I was wanting something like a popcorn anime.
1: Yeah, I I think I agree with your final assessment on whether or not... Like, I'm this is not a show I'm going to seek out, but it's a show that if I were, you know put in a room and required to watch, I would probably be able to get out of that room alive. Yeah. But like, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about your perks and rec analogy. I I agree with the premise of it, but I think one of the things was I did feel like there was a realism to these characters. Uh, and the problem I had wasn't that they didn't feel real, although definitely some like wacky stuff is going on and super wacky. Yeah. The plot is like bending around the wackiness, but I guess a lot of it for me was comparing it to Nichijou because they felt so similar and Nichijou, mm-hmm. it was a cartoon and the wackiness was the point, uh, which it's true that Sket dance, it's a comedy. So in a, in a sense, the wackiness is the point, but it, it's so much more grounded than Nichijou. So maybe I'm just comparing it to that. You may, you might be right. I'm talking myself into your side of things, but the point <laughs> The point I wanted to make Welcome there was... Welcome over to this side. <laughs> <laughs> the point I wanted to end up making was that the... I think one of the biggest problems I had with this show was that it felt super tropey. hmm Like, these characters, none of them felt like something I hadn't seen before. And in fact, all of them felt like something I have seen before a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh, while potentially having some interesting twists, like I think the computer guy always having his laptop and interacting only through the laptop was kind of a fun twist on a common trope. Um, And obviously because the other dude looks like a Digimon character, I was like, Oh, that's the Izzy. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, you know, it's a character we've seen, but he's got like a little bit of a gimmick that kind of makes it feel fun and interesting. And like, he ends up oversharing useless information as a result of his computer obsession. And that's kind of a fun runner. So like there, there was a lot that I enjoyed about this, but there was so much about it where I was like, these feel like either stories that I don't care about, like the one with the stupid monkey or stories where I feel like I know where it's going. Like the, the first episodes one about the mysterious person pouring paint on people. Like I could see that coming from a mile away and it, it it just, this is really trafficking in a lot of tropes. And so now I'm going to make a comparison, which is, I have been a fan of fan fiction for a long time ever since I discovered fan fiction when I was in like sixth grade. I've loved it uh and i I don't write or read a ton of it, but I do dabble periodically and One of the things that I learned from getting involved with the fan fiction community on Reddit is that tropes are sometimes what draws people to things because there's this idea in fan fiction of tagging your stories with the things that happen in them. And so like, if you're, if one of your main characters is going to die, you want to tag main character death because uh, if people are reading your story and they really, really don't want to read a story where the main character dies, then they're not going to want to read your story and you should let them know that up front. And I've kind of balked at this because I'm like some, you know, a lot of these tags have to do with how things turn out. Like, you know, does this character end up getting with the other character? Like, that's the whole point of the story. And if I tell you up front, then doesn't that take away some of the tension? And so for me, I'm the kind of person that doesn't doesn't really love tags because I feel like it gives up the game. But I understand, I, I came to understand why people want those tags. Um, and in fact, with with books that I'm reading personally in my life, I'm starting to understand that like, if I could tag certain books, I'm kind of looking for a really specific thing right now. I'm in kind of a, a really particular group. So I kind of get it more now than I used to. And so all that is to say that these characters are pretty predictable and pretty tropey. And there I understand are a lot of people out there who are going to super respond to that. So yeah. if you are looking for the silly after school shenanigans club anime, that is, kind of believable characters very tropey characters that you've seen before but just in you know the new scenarios that this show is putting them in and you know some decent comedy uh but not like full throttle wackiness like Joe Sket dance is going to be your whole jam
0: and i think it's
1: i think it's it's a really good anime
0: for those kind of people you
1: know yeah it's a it's a great choice for those kind of people and it is not going to resonate with people who are not those kind of people
0: yeah Well, all that being said, stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson.
1: Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. You mean Chuck Mangione from King
0: of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon.
1: Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com
0: slash R slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find
1: the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New
0: review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday.
1: And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of the Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com. And while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on Comic Book Keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geek Exploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind. At the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Get on your motorcycle and... Duel. (laughs) It's like you're making motorcycle noises.
0: I know, but you were also dueling. (laughs) Perfect.